Hey, this is Philip Craig here. I'm the pastor of Aria Church. This is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this empowers you. I hope it fuels your faith and I hope it impacts your life. Enjoy the message. This is going to be a fantastic series. I believe it's a much needed series, not just for us, but for the culture in which we live in. And for me, I need this as much as I believe you do. Uh, and so I just want to honor um, this series called True-ish. And it's actually a lot of the material that I've got uh, was from a guy, uh, Pastor Craig Rochelle. So I want to honor him for some of the great work him and his team have done to gather uh, some of these thoughts. Uh, and I think it's just so, so important. Um, I was actually praying not too long ago, and I just sensed that the, you know, Jesus came in grace and truth. I just sensed that we need, I think we got the grace thing, we're, we're doing well that way, but I felt like we need something that's going to give us good foundations, an anchor that will anchor us in storms of life, something that we can stand upon, not just a feeling or a sense, but something rock solid, and that's why Jesus came in grace and in truth. And so, but we're going to start with a bit of fun. We're going to have a game. Okay, it's called True or False. I need you to help me out and participate here, okay? Number one, Australia is wider than the moon. True. If you think it's true, put your hands up. Australia is wider than the moon. Hands up if you think it's false. The answer is true. You've been deceived. Number two, 30 billion emails are sent daily. If you think that is true, put your hands up now. Give us an emoji online. If you think that is false, put your hands up. Okay, you guys are right. There's 300 billion emails sent every day. 300 billion. Number three, there is McDonald's on every continent except for one. If you think that's true, put your hands up. If you think that's false, put your hands up. You're wrong. It's true. Number four, the fastest time to eat 15 Ferrara Roches is one minute and 10 seconds. If you think that's true, put your hands up. You obviously think you can do that. <laughs> if you think that's false, put your hands up. You're right. It's actually two minutes and 22 seconds. Now, fifth, a kiss lasting one minute can burn 100 calories. Put your hands up if you think that's true. Whoa, Dylan. <laughs> Pray for Azaria. <laughs> if you think that's false, put your hands up. It's actually false. But it's what happens after the kiss, that's what burns the 100 calories. Lastly, the Bible is the most shoplifted book in the world. Hands up if you think that's true. Hands up if you think that's false. You're wrong. It's true. The Bible is the most shoplifted book in the world to this day. So we're going to go straight into the scripture in John 18, verses 37. This is John, this is Jesus and, and Pilate are, are communicating with one another. And, and Pilate says, You are a king, then, said Pilate. Jesus answered, You said that I am a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify 
to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. What is truth, retorted Pilate? What is truth? Turn to your neighbor and ask them, what is truth? What is truth? This is the question that has been asked ever since Pilate asked this. What is truth? Today, maybe in the world you live in, you're asking exactly the same question. What on earth is the truth? Let's pray. God, I just thank you. You sent your son Jesus to testify the truth. I pray you help me right now to bring your word in all truth. Help us, Holy Spirit, to see you, to hear you, and to acknowledge what is the real truth. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. You see, what you believe determines how you behave. I was actually with my little niece, Sophie, not too long ago. We're walking around a park in Hillsborough, and uh, we're just having fun and feeding the ducks and, you know, whatever else you do as you're walking around, and uh, just trying to walk off our Sunday lunch. And all of a sudden, Sophie runs towards me and grabs my hand, and I, I had to look up, like, what? She looks scared. And I looked ahead, and I seen this little miniature puppy. Why? Because what you believe determines how you behave. Little did Sophie know that she was bigger, stronger, more dangerous to the puppy than the puppy was to her. But what what you believe determines how you behave. I remember relaxing in the house uh, not too long ago with my, my wife. And all of a sudden, I heard this scream, like, like excruciating, like red alert, there's a big problem, someone's about to die type of scream. Do you understand? And so, I, 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 I obviously got to my feet and rushed to the situation to find out uh, my wife was screaming, full pelt, ah, just like that, save me, Phil, save me. Like, that's, that's strong language. There's, you must be in real danger. And she pointed me to a, a creature, a small little speck on the floor, and it had these little legs coming out of it. And for some reason, she believed that this little speck of a creature was about to kill her. And I had to save her from this little speck, even though if she just pressed her little foot on it, it would be no more. Because what you believe determines how you behave. <laughs> Does anyone with me, anyone have that same conviction that Anna had about this little spider? <laughs> See, how you behave rationally, materially, financially, morally, and ultimately spiritually determines how you behave and also where you go at the end of your life. It matters. What you believe matters. I'll tell you one more story. I was about to get ready for a friend's wedding a few weeks back, and I had believed that we needed to leave by a certain time. We, I, I wanted to get there 15 minutes before 12, because the wedding started at 12, I didn't want to rush in with the bride and say, hi guys, I know we're not supposed to see you yet, but I didn't want it to be awkward, so, so I made an agreement with my lovely wife, we got to leave at this time, because if we don't, we're going to be late. I'm not going to be happy. It's going to be, going to be angry. Okay, so make sure you're ready. So we're getting ready. And I believe that if we don't 
didn't leave at a certain time, then we're late. And this is going to be humiliating. It's, it's, going to, it's a big problem for me, okay? So, lo and behold, guess what happens? <laughs> we did not leave at the time we're supposed to. And so, I got a little bit angry as we were driving, eventually having left the house. And I was setting the, the GPS up before we were leaving, and I was fiddling about a bit. It wasn't working right, and I had to get, get it going, going. And all of a sudden, the GPS locked into our location. I think we got it right. I believed that we needed to leave at the specific time where we were 10 minutes late, 15 maybe. And uh, I was not happy, and I was given my whole spiel of why we should have left, and we're going to be late, and this is what's going to happen. It was My behavior was acting out of what I believed, and then all of a sudden the GPS comes up, and it tells me time of arrival, 11.45. <laughs> and you know, as soon as I seen that, all of a sudden the anger, my argument completely diminished, but I, I started to change the topic because, you know, I don't really want to talk about this anymore because I have no… So, so here, it's a lovely day, isn't it? Beautiful day. Scott, what do you think? Are you excited about the wedding? You know, the issue… And honestly, why are you not angry anymore? What, what happened? Ah, don't worry, but it's all good. I'm just, I'm very forgiving, and we'll just move on. I'm a follower of Jesus, and I don't get angry. I'm, I'm slow to anger, rich in love. Don't worry about it. Let's move on. Eventually, got to the bottom of it that I had believed the wrong thing, which then meant my whole argument was wrong, and all my emotions and my energy that I'd put into that argument was no longer of any value. <laughs> so, I had to humble myself, hold my hands up, and say I got it wrong. It took a while, at least three days it took, but I got there in the end. Because what you believe determines how you behave, but often we've got to be careful that we do not believe the wrong thing, because you might go down a road that doesn't lead to the ultimate truth. And see, Jesus came to testify, as we see in the Scriptures, to testify to the truth. But there's also another one the Bible talks about that doesn't come to testify to the truth, but the polar opposite. We might hear things like... A, this person being called Satan, Lucifer, the great deceiver, deceives us. The angel of light, the father of lies. He's the father of lies. He creates lies. He tries to manipulate us to believe lies. It says here in John 8 and 44, you, you belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language. It's just who he is, for he is a liar and the father of lies. See, Jesus came to present truth. Satan comes to present lies. Now, now watch this. The Bible also talks about the serpent being cunning. The devil is not stupid. He's cunning. He's smart. He lures us in to believing counterfeit stories. And I'll tell you one that I believed not too long ago there was this set of trainers called Nike Roches. Anyone know what they are? Nike Roches. They used to be the thing. I used to love them. I actually got so excited about these trainers, I looked them up on the internet and found a website that was giving them at a very good price. And I, I got a pair of trainers. They looked right. It seemed right. The pictures all looked the same. They had the same tick as Nike. 
And I started to buy them, and it was such a good bargain. I bought about five different colors. I'm just like, this is great. Everyone else is spending 100 pounds. On one, I've got five for the same price. Until all of a sudden, as I started to walk on these Nike Roches, I started to realize my posture started to, I started to hurt a little bit, and my, my toes, the sizing was slightly off. And what I eventually had to come to realize after the, a long period of time is that these are counterfeit goods. It seemed right. I was excited initially to, to buy them, that I bought five. But in the long run, they started to peel apart. They didn't last. They weren't the true thing. But I believed in them for a while. And see, this is what often truth or or, or true-ish, this is what it often looks like to us. It looks right. It even feels true. It sounds true, but it's true-ish. It's true-ish. <laughs> and, and so the, this is what I believe the Father flies in this generation which we live in. This is what He's been doing to all of us. He'll bring us slightly off-center, just a little bit, just true-ish. It's, it's very close to the real thing. But the problem is when you go just slightly off-center, over the course of a year, two years, three years, a decade, all of a sudden centers down the middle and you're way off. And when someone presents truth to you, it's, all, it's now really, really offensive because we're off line. It says in Romans 8, and 25, it says, the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and the wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie. This is nothing new. And they worshiped and served created things rather than the Creator who is forever praised. Amen. This is nothing new. Going off-center is not a surprise. It's not something that's just came about. It's been happening for generations, for centuries. And we just got to be careful that we don't fall for the lie itself. I believe there's two great ways that the enemy is lying to the culture in which we live. Two things, and I need to listen to this really carefully. These are two weapons I believe Satan has been using for centuries, for thousands of years. This is it. The first one is relativism. Relativism is the assumption that there is no such thing as absolute truth. Truth is evolving. What used to be true is not true today. So, so we used to be in the center, but now truth has shifted way over here. It's completely different. Let me give you an example. If I was to talk to a young person on the street or in school or whatever, and I was asked them a simple question about 30 years ago, say, hey, how many genders do you think there are? 30 years ago, I would put my house on it. They would just say, there's two. There's male and there's female. Right? If I asked someone, a kid, a teenager that today, I would probably put my house on that they would say there would be more than two. Could you agree with me? So what has happened? Has truth changed? 
Or have we veered away from truth? It's a sensitive topic. Actually, I, I researched it on Google, a really reliable source. <laughs> How many genders are there today? I came up with 112. So we've went from two to 112 and counting. Next year, it'll probably be different again. So we've got a question to ask. Listen, all of us in this room are maybe on different places with this, but, but let's, go, let's go on a journey. The other lie I believe people have been believing is subjectivism. Subjectivism, it's the belief that I, the subject, have the right to determine what is right and wrong without submitting my judgment to any authority outside of myself. So basically, my truth is my truth, you know. 21st century people, my truth is my truth, and you have your truth, and we'll all have our own separate truths, and thus try and function together with that mindset. But it leads to this. It leads to, if it feels good, it must be true. It leads to, as long as it makes me happy, that's all that matters, right? As long as you're happy. How many, we, we even say that in the church. Oh, as long as you're happy, it's okay. You're with that person. I know they're not right for you, but as long as you're happy, don't worry about it. It must be true. As long as I'm sincere, it doesn't really matter what I believe. As long as I've got a good heart, right? Th these are things that we would say. That's advice that we've probably given. Even myself, I've probably said that without thinking. Or as long as it doesn't hurt any, as long as it doesn't hurt anyone, it doesn't matter what I do. As long as I'm not hurting anyone, I'm a good person. These, this, this is what subjectivism teaches us to say. So those statements are absolutely true-ish. <laughs> true-ish. The problem is with my position and, and people in my position is when I go to present some kind, if I'm, I'm supposed to present truth, right? Here's the problem. I can come across, because I'm trying to present truth, and if you've, you've veered away potentially, potentially from truth, right? The problem is if I, I'm, I'm over here in the center and you're here, this is how offended you're going to be potentially. You're, I might even come across arrogant, dismissive, and judgmental. It's an awkward position to be in. Even Some of you might even feel like I'm dangerous. And so, so how do we do this? Do I just shout to you black and white statements? No, I think the way Jesus would have done it and the way we can do this is let's go on a journey. Let's talk about it. Let's keep an open mind. I, I would really love, if you're listening online or in person, commit to being here with us for four weeks and keep an open mind. Don't just shut up. It's not the way I like it. Move on. Just keep an open mind. And, and what if this is true? What if? What if it's not? You can go on and live the way you're living, but what if it's true? What if this is the truth that Jesus come to present? So let's journey together. See, see there's another problem with the assumption. Let's actually have the assumption that there's absolute truth for a second. Now, the problem is if you said that there's not absolute truth, well, 
you, you kind of need an absolute to combat that on the polar opposite, right? So if, you, if you're saying, uh, if, if I'm saying there's absolute truth and it's white, well, to kind of combat white, you need black, which is another absolute color. It's black or white. So it's kind of, it's a trick. You can't nearly say that there's no absolute truth without another absolute, which goes against absolute truth in the first place. Does that make sense? It's kind of a wee bit confusing. And so that maybe we need to pay attention to the idea that there's absolutes and there maybe are black and white, but often we as people, we live in the middle, somewhere grayish, somewhere maybe swaying towards black in one season and towards white in the other. And, but it's important that we understand. So let's just imagine that Jesus' claims are actually true. So it says in John 14 and 6, it says, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So Jesus is actually saying that he is the truth. He's not hiding. He's not trying to give a, a, a gray answer. He's just saying, black and white, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So Jesus isn't beating around the bush. He's saying, this is a black and white statement. This is it. This is Father, full, what's this? Full, full of grace and truth. So, so Jesus didn't just come with just grace, nor did he come just with truth. He came with grace and truth both together. And, and this is one thing I realize is that there's not one person listening online or in this room today that would say that, that we, we don't like Jesus or don't agree with Jesus because of what he done. Right? Like, I, I, it's not, I don't, I'm not against Jesus because of what he done, because what he done, what did he do? He, he done miracles, he healed sick, he brought good news to the community, he, took, he removed demons from people, he raised dead people. Like, would you really be mad at Jesus for, for raising your dead sibling? He actually died on the cross for doing good? So, so I don't think people are rejecting Jesus today because of what he done, but they may be rejecting Jesus today because of who represents Him. Because <laughs> if we're honest, as Christians, sometimes we're hypocrites. I hold my hand up. Sometimes we do a terrible job. There's hypocrisy all over it because we're on a journey, and sometimes we get it wrong. And so what if you're here today, what, what if we could stop looking at people and we could start looking to Jesus. And stop looking to how imperfect people are and start looking to truth potentially in the Word. And so another problem that we have with, with when truth is presented, maybe you've been down the street and you've heard someone with a megaphone and they're, they're preaching what may, might be truth, but it comes across as legalistic and it comes across as judgmental because that's what truth alone does. Because Jesus didn't come with just truth. He came with truth and grace or grace and truth. Actually, grace and truth. Grace is first before truth. He built relationships with people before he spoke to them about whatever, you know, the hard truths. But then, the pro here's, here's where we are today. The problem with grace alone, love is love. The problem with grace alone is that it leads us to relativism and subjectivism. Just, ah, oh, just whatever I feel like. It just seems true. It feels good to me. So surely it's right. You know, I'm not hurting anyone, which there's no truth. It's just grace. It leads you astray. 
And so we're going to ask the big questions in this series, and we're going to ask God the Holy Spirit. Listen, we can't find Jesus without the leading of the Holy Spirit anyhow. So, so this is not, we're not trying to reach Jesus through intellectual, intellectual understanding. We're trying to understand what He actually said. But God opens our eyes as we seek Him, but He also promised that anyone that seeks Him will find Him. So, so over these next four weeks, let's seek Him. Let's ask open questions. And I believe Jesus will set us free. Some of the things I believe Jesus will set us free from is being abandoned, having no purpose. He'll set us free from death. And so over the next few weeks, we're go- next week we're going to deal with the theology of happy. Well, it just makes me happy, so I want to do it. We're going to ask some big questions. Is Jesus who He said He was? Was he a liar? Was he a lunatic? Or was he Lord? But I think in the culture in which we live today, we have got to ask the big questions. We, we can't just be a church all grace and lovey-dovey stuff without being harnessed by truth. Because we believe a lie, just like my Nike Rosh is. I thought I had it. I thought it was the real thing. It felt good for a while. It sounds a bit like sinful experiences that we've all had. (laughs) I thought I was doing the right thing. It felt good for a while. It looked good, but it led me to a place where I felt empty. It created destruction. It ruined relationships. It broke me. And unfortunately, that's the lie, the father of lies that is living in the world today. That's what exactly he does. He's lying to us over and over and over. So the band come ahead on up. There's maybe some people in here and you're saying, Philip, we're going to go on a, okay, I'll go on a journey with you. We'll ask the hard questions. I'm willing to ask and open up my mind. Maybe I have veered from truth. Maybe I have veered a little bit into a secular view or just what the culture is saying, I'm going to open my heart up to try and maybe rein that back in. Maybe I have went down a road and believed just what I wanted to believe, but it maybe wasn't what Jesus would believe. And I'm willing to to humble myself and, and open my heart. See, one comment that I've, I would say to myself often is, my emotions are real. My emotions can feel awful. But one thing I've realized with emotions is that emotions are a terrible leader. <laughs> they don't lead me very well. They lead me into darkness. They lead me into self-centeredness. They lead me into brokenness, they never give me an answer for my issues. And this is why I see in the Scripture, the Bible clearly says that it's truth that will free us. It's the truth that sets us free. 
So I wonder what could happen if some of us didn't lean necessarily on all of our understanding, but allowed the Holy Spirit to reveal truth to us. What kind of freedom we would experience as people as we submitted under the mighty hand of God. I'm telling you that there's an enemy in this world. Not one person, I believe, on this earth today would say there's not good and there's not evil. There is a liar. There is a father of lies. There is a a power of darkness at work beyond what is seen. And he's leading people into destruction. He's leading people away from truth, and it's small steps at a time. But how amazing would it be if the church could begin to rise up and present truth with grace, not judgmentalism, nor relativism, or subjectivism, but just grace and truth. What could God do in our lives if we just aligned with what He wanted? I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, there's just a few things I'd like you to do. Subscribe to our podcast so the most recent message will always be in your feed. Secondly, if this ministry has impacted you and you'd like to help us continue to reach others, you can go onto our website at ariatchurch.org and give now. And we will see you next time on the Ariat Church Podcast.